starting I've been starting crap. And uh and some of the digital marketing groups I'm in on Facebook. I know. I see it sometimes. <laughs> then I just think Wait, are you in the groups too? Um some of them. Sometimes. Did you see the one well, that- when I when I was really happy, I wanted to say this because I thought it I smiled to myself. This was like midnight last night when I woke up. I couldn't get back to sleep yet. And I'm just scrolling and I see you post in a digital nomad group. I'm oh like, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's in a nomad Wait, group. Oh, All right. Is it an open group or are you in it? Uh I don't know. I don't think I'm in it. I could be in it. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, okay. But anyway, I saw you post something in there though. So <laughs> that's thought, it? Thought, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I saw. I like, yeah, all right. He's in a nomad group. The digital nomad such, group is probably one of my <laughs> it's probably one of my favorites <laughs> because there's a lot of because like the people in that group are actually really smart. Like they're not like the fake gurus. They're they're not like faking it till they make it or anything like that. Like they're they're truly there because they're trying to figure out how to earn money to become a digital nomad to 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 be able to live in like Spain and like South America and and you know the Malaysia area um, on whatever income they can earn from like like mobily. And there is no place to be fake in that group because. You know, either you're a digital, if you're a digital nomad, you're like happy making a thousand bucks, um, a month, <laughs> like, like, yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, every now and then someone comes in there and was like, and tries to sell their services and they're like, they just get roasted and everyone's in the, everyone in there's like, sorry, this group's smarter than that. <laughs> but there is a lot of people who are like asking questions about how to start an agency and things like that. And, um, and it's like the perfect platform for like hey i have this podcast uh you should listen to it because it's free information and we're not selling anything so uh i do like that group no but other groups that i've been starting shit in is uh (laughs) are the ones with like the fake gurus like the appointment setters and the the high ticket closers and things like that all you know um what i refer to as the mlm of digital marketing and uh um i i posted (laughs) i posted one in a group uh and it was just six words and it said uh funnels are dumb changed my mind <laughs> and i knew it was gonna get so much heat because it's such a broad statement and uh like funnels aren't dumb funnels are literally just a thing that like exists and how you use it is usually what's dumb or what's not dumb but how it's being like i call it fetish fetishized because yeah. it's like all of the all the gurus out there are like you know what's your what's your marketing automation funnel look like and like there's just literally just like a click funnels landing page with um a quote free course or free live event that's not live and then uh, just you know copious amounts of emails and upsells after that and those are dumb those are the dumb funnels and like that's what i was like getting at but uh i think only half of them picked up on it and everyone else was just like you're dumb <laughs> and i'm like i'm like yeah i am <laughs> Like I know what I did here, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, ah, yeah. Step one was the ridiculous statement. Step two was getting the conversation started. <laughs> yeah, was like, but the one guy was like, he goes, um, he's like, okay, so like either you're a genius or I don't know what you're doing because <laughs> if the first part of your funnel is to get me to react to this, you did. I was yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it's a two-step funnel. It's to get you to react and then just comment on it, but. Uh, <laughs> Like I'm just here to troll, pretty much. Um, and I, I've been I I hate that group honestly. Um, I I think uh, well, okay, there's two groups I posted this in, but I hate one of the groups specifically because um, the admins are annoying, and I can't post I can't make a post with the podcast link sharing like information um, that's free. We're not selling anything again. They'll deny it, but like everybody else can post links to their affiliate. Uh, to their like affiliate sponsors and things like that, and it's like, what? <laughs> How's my podcast getting denied? But then like they can just like um, show like affiliate links for financial incentive. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen groups like that. It just sometimes it comes down to who the admins are, who or who created the group. But they also those groups don't last long usually. So yeah. People realize that they're it's just like, the it's like thirty thousand people in there. I, yeah, I guess they don't really last that long. Actually, I so I'm in two of Matt Diggity's groups. But like affiliate SEO mastermind, and then also um, the proper SEO group. Both he owns both of those, and I was like, and I'm already an admin on Google SEO mastermind, and that one is the biggest SEO group 
on Facebook. It's got 120,000 users in it. So I was like, it'd be super sweet because I think Proper SEO Group has like 60,000. It's like, it'd be super sweet if I was also an admin on Proper SEO Group. So I reached out to Matt Diggity and I'm like, hey, dude, um, there's been a lot of spam in this group. Do you need help? And um, he was like, that group's dead. (laughs) I was like, oh. And he was like, yeah, are you in the affiliate SEO one? I'm like, no. And he goes, join that one. I was like, okay, well, this conversation just died. Like, I'm not going to come back to that and say like, well, can you make me an admin of the other one? Make me an admin of that group. He's still posting it. Like, whenever he posts, like, a new video, I mean, whatever. He just doesn't monitor it. Um, well, it's free reach for him, right? Yeah, so. that's fair. Um, but it is getting pretty spammy. Um, but uh, speaking of a lot of these groups, um, I, I've, I do answer. I don't just promote the podcast. Um, I do answer a lot of questions. Like, uh, you know, some people have specific questions about, you know, what processes are for onboarding. And some people will have questions about literally just how big people's businesses are. And, um, usually the only people to comment are like solo guys doing like 10 K a month, which is cool. Um, or me, which is like, yeah, we did 250 K last year. And like, we're, we're, we're literally at the mark to do 500 K this year. Um, into our second month and uh that just like blows people away which it doesn't blow us away because we've worked really hard to get here over the last four years um and uh or i guess five years for me but the the one of the biggest questions i think i get from like like 90 percent of the people that reach out to me through just uh private messages uh is they don't know what niche to go in like they know they need to niche down somehow um just because that's what's being preached in kind of like the whole agency setting right now. And it's it's a philosophy that I believe, and I know in episode two, we talked about this quite a bit, but we never discovered, we never like went into uh, how to pick a niche and the things to kind of look out for because you could you could shoot yourself in the foot. Like you, you could be do, you could do better if you just didn't niche down. Like if you just went broad versus picking a dead niche or a niche that isn't going to get you anywhere and has a very low market cap. Um, yeah, I don't think... I, I think it's a good idea. I think you don't have to, right? Right. If you do it properly, it's smart. But uh, it's not a mandatory. I mean, by all means, there are people who haven't niched down and built successful agencies, and that's totally an option too. You can do that. Vayner Media. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, the thing is, is like when you when you don't niche down, your competition is that much wider. Instead of vying for or ranking for a marketing agency we now only have to rank for landscaping marketing agency and the competition on that has dropped. And that's why we're number one. Generally, when you look for lawn care marketing company or landscaping marketing company, if we just looked up, if you just looked up marketing company, it'd be a very long road for us to get to number one. Uh, well, that's, I mean, unless maybe your market is local, right? Maybe you serve right. local companies and that's your thing. Then in that case, you're competing in the local pack or something like that. That's a very then good, if, good point. Like your niche could be your local area though. Yeah, definitely. That can, uh, if you do that, then your business acquisition is probably a little bit different too, because generally speaking, the people I know who focus on that are more involved in the local community. If that's the kind of thing that they're doing. And that's why they want to do it too, is they, they like where they live and they want to contribute and help local businesses. So maybe if that's your thing, then that's, uh, it's also yeah, good. I guess that could also be a niche. It's also a good strategy to to build a base local, like local in this area, spread it out. Like when I lived in Overland Park, Kansas, or yeah, it was like, like, you know, local marketing company in Overland Park and then like local digital marketing company in Kansas City. And then just like keep going out, like maybe Kansas and then like the Midwest. And then you just keep sprint, you know, keep growing after that. Mm-hmm. But um, and you can always do that with with the niche down and then move up in the niche too. Right. I mean, it's um a little bit messy because you might have to go through rebrands or handle the, excuse me, the logistics of saying we now do this. And then you have to position yourself so that it looks like, you know, it's under that umbrella. So it gets a little bit messy, but it's a good strategy too. Mm -hmm. Um, But for those of you who are niching down or who, who are considering what niche to focus on, um, I wanted to really talk about some of the things that I have been telling people what they should consider because I have my ideas of the niches that I would pick. And that's only because it's based off of my experience and my expertise, which is having to be local service businesses. So like local lead generation uh, for, 
you know, typical like contractors, for instance. Um, so I, when I, whenever I talk about different niches or whatever, or industry publications, I usually like default to like roofing or plumbing or HVAC or something like that. It's because it's close enough to landscaping, which is what I know very well, but there's other, there's other things out there. I just had a guy message me yesterday who he wants to focus on sleep clinics. And I was like, I've never seen a sleep clinic in my life. Like I don't, how many is like, how many are there? I have no idea. Um, and he's like, well, my, my partner actually has, uh, uh, experience in history in like sleeping disorders, like not having them like, cause you know, everybody does, but like work being like working in the industry. And I'm like, Oh, well that'd be great. And I was like, the f- so the first thing I would do is find like, see if there's like a, f- I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll back up. Um, you know, the first thing I would do is find a forum, like find out where these people who own these sleep clinics congregate. And then, or, or like what kind of content they consume and then get into that. And like, I couldn't find anything because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know the terminology to use. Like I was like looking up like sleep clinic forums and like, I just could not find anything. And but I could find like sleep clinic magazines. So like I typed in sleep clinic marketing and I found like, I was like, oh good, there's competition, which is a good thing because that tells you that there's a market for it. If other people are doing the same thing. But out of the first four results, two of the results were a magazine that had an article about sleep clinic marketing, which is cool because now he's got a magazine he can get into uh, and get in front of these people. Um, So I was looking up sleep clinic forums, couldn't find anything. Then I was like, hey, I can't find any forums. So like you're gonna have to do your own research because I don't know, you know, shit about sleep clinics. And he goes, there's a forum for pulmonary services slash centers. And I was like, I see, I want to have known to look up pulmonary services and the fact that you already know there's a forum for it, like awesome. So like that just goes to show that I, like I'm, I'm not the, the be all end all thing or person to talk to regarding like what niche you should focus on. But I do have tips and things to think of when considering your niche. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I guess I'll just kick it off. I think Cody and you and I have our own list, right? So, um, yeah, you're probably, yours is probably longer. Mine's pretty short. How many? That's what she said. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Go home. All right. Um, How many do you I've have? Got, I've got three bullets written down. Okay, so I've, got, I've, got, I've got seven. So how about I'll, I'll start off with two, and, okay. then, and then you say one. All right. Um, do businesses in your niche have money? So That was my third one. <laughs> well, we're off to a great start then. Uh <laughs> So um, I started off with this one because um, there's a there's a big there's a big niche for uh, there's a, someone else I was talking to was considering doing gyms. He he has uh, two black belts and um, you know he has someone who would let like a gym that would let him do like Facebook marketing. And although I think they could be good, a lot of gyms in my experience don't have a lot of money to be able to pay for a marketer at least at a decent rate. So you need to do one of two things. One, you need to find gyms that have money or two price your services in a way that a lot of gyms can afford you. And which means you've got to go back to the first 10 episodes and you've got to figure out how to provide extra value in the services that you offer at no extra labor and find a service that is valuable to the client and actually produces results at that low cost. Um, it's not really ideal. Um, and it's just an example because I see gurus out there all the time. I always get ads that say like, we'll bring you like 30 appointments to your gym. Like for some reason, cause I think I'm a gym owner uh, on Facebook. <laughs> and, uh, do you get those ads? No. Why am I getting no. them? Why does everybody think I'm a gym owner? I don't know. Anyways. I've been, I've been getting, uh, erectile, erectile dysfunction ads. That's that makes sense. Lately. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch a lot of golf? And <laughs> I, I get that. And uh, what's the other one? It's oh, hair loss. Mm. Like, is this just an age thing? Like, I get you, hair loss. Am I getting this for an age bracket? Is that yeah? What's going on? I get Where I get hair loss quite a bit. Start experiencing this. It's got to be it, right? I got one one time. It was like meet gay singles, like on Facebook, and oh. I was like, this is I weird. Got like, soon, probably I'm, what? Because I don't think you can do dating. Right, you can't Not, do dating on social. Uh, no, I, you you can't anymore. I I definitely got this ad to me on social, but it wasn't recently. Uh, it was probably just a matter of time. They probably they probably have a system where they you know they sign up, they get their account banned, they get a new account. That's true. It's just yeah, cost and, effective and enough. It wasn't recent because I remember taking a screenshot of it and posting it on my timeline, and I was like, what? 
And like, I just remember being like, I'm literally listed as interested in women as a male on Facebook. Like how, how was I even targeted for this? And, yeah. um, but, uh, no gym owners, it's bad. Back back on track here. But I was going to say, uh, next time I'm just going to tag you, like in the next ED, I had that idea, or the balding one. Do, like, it, do, hey. it, do it, do <laughs> it. That, that's what we call a, a double entendre <laughs> when you tag me in an ED ad. Such a bro um, move. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a DE for an ED. Um, <laughs> but, but gym owners. So gym owners, um, I, I don't know. They always think I'm a gym owner. So... Um, I see a lot of people like in the gym niche and maybe there is money there. But my first fear when if, if someone was like, hey, I want to partner with you. Let's go into the gym industry. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Let's um, let's see how much money they have first. <laughs> and that's not just like a, I want more money. It's like it's it's seriously is a scalability and a survival thing. Like if your industry doesn't have that kind of market cap, then like what do you plan to do with this? Um, all right. I won't go to my second one because I'm already eating up all your bullet points. No, you're good. I have more to say about it, but. Oh, it's your next one. No, then um, say it. Yeah, I, I think, okay, it's just you don't get to decide what makes money. I think that's always an important thing. I think about this because I think this is the easiest way I can explain it. If I had a kid and they said, I want to go be an artist, I would say, that's great. You can do that. I would be the parent who says you need a backup plan that is market based <laughs> and not dream based. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to you ultimately have to base the money side of things on demand. And if there isn't demand then you don't, not that you don't, it's a bad move. So you can't, you can, you can still try to do those things. But again, you're going to be wrestling um, or you're going to be fighting the whole time because it's not a proven concept. And that makes it a little bit more difficult. But something else I want to throw out to you just because I, I don't want to forget this. Do not just take any of these. Th- Marketers are so disgustingly lazy. So because I, like affiliate marketers. I remember when I was deep into affiliate SEO, someone just says a niche. They just say it one time and they're like, I'm building the website right now. Like you are completely missing the point. Do not just take something that somebody says because you assume that it's a good niche because just because it is working for somebody else does not mean that it's going to work for you by default. So yes, you have to prove the market viability with the money, but there's more to it than just hearing that somebody else is doing it, that that makes it a good idea. And we'll get into that more. But I wanted to make sure that that was said because I don't want somebody to get this far because they're lazy. They get halfway through this podcast and they're like, sleep clinics, got it. I'll be right back. And then they spin <laughs> up their sleep clinic agency tonight. And, and then they fail. Like, Why? It's not working. Why is yeah. it working? I don't get it. I hate the ever bros. <laughs> I had a guy try to try to call me out when on my funnel post <laughs> when I was starting shit. And he was saying like, because I was like proving, I was like, yeah, I mean, you search lawn care marketing company, we're number one. Like, just just do it. Like, because I was like, we don't have a funnel, we just have a website that ranks well, and then people contact us. It's not really a funnel. I mean, you can make the argument that like there is a buyer's journey um, funnel, but there isn't like a the traditional, not traditional sense, the the new wave guru sense of a funnel. And uh, I was like sharing. I was like, he's like, wow congrats you rank for a, a keyword or yeah a keyword that gets two impressions like i'm like okay first of all your keyword planner says way different things than my search console um because google's not going to show you things so I, sh- I literally took a screenshot of search console results and i sent uses, it to him he uses semrush so he doesn't oh. actually know what's happening yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback to the opening of the last podcast okay. uh but uh no he yeah so i sent him a screenshot of that and it was like um it was like over the last three months and like for lawn care marketing company, landscaping marketing company, lawn care marketing agency, landscaping marketing agency and everything, all like the cumulative impressions were like 10,000 or maybe it was like yeah, 6,000. And the, the clicks were, you know, comparatively, you know, 2%, 2 to 5% through. Um, and he's like, wow, it's still such little clicks or whatever. I'm like, I was like, okay, well, it's generated us 30K a month in revenue. Um, not necessarily MRR, but like, you know, onboarding and everything like that. And I'm like, and it, it's not slowing down <laughs> anytime soon. Um, and so I showed him all his results and, uh, he goes, wow. Uh, it's a low competitive keyword. And I'm like, yeah, comparatively it is a low competitive. That's why we picked a niche idiot. Um, and, uh, he was like, you make me want to build a lander for it. Um, a landing page is what I assume he meant and outrank you. And I was like, <laughs> I said, do it. I would love to see that. And if you do it, 
I will write an article about it in search engine land. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, that's a great bet. Like I'll take you up on it. And he's not gonna, but, um, well, he's not gonna do either. He's not gonna take me up on it. And if, and if he did, he want to outrank us. Um, seriously, go for it. Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. I want you to. Um, and, uh, if you do it, I seriously will, I will write a case study on it. Um, if you let me in on all the information, <laughs> one guy goes, he, he's like, uh, who's going to be the real guy or he's going to be, be the, the guy with the real balls and post their bank statement. And I was like, there's two problems with that. Number one, my business partner will be mad. Number two, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, I can just edit the HTML on in Chrome and then yeah. show whatever number I want. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but so, uh, next bullet. yes, my next bullet was, um, how many businesses are there in that niche? In other words, what's the market cap? Um, so does the business make money and then how many businesses are in the niche? So you can look up like the market cap of any niche out there. So market cap of gyms in the U S this is going to be a blunder 30.8 billion. That's a healthy market cap. Um, let's do uh landscaping companies in the U S Oh, 176.5 billion. Ooh, <laughs> so let's do lawyers. Quite, quite lawyers. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. Uh, I've never done this before, so. 367.9 billion. So about double. What about do you, dentist? Do you want to go into the lawyer niche? No, I uh, do not. Okay, dentists. Can't uh, say I do. Uh, the company is... That's a good one, though. 135 billion. Well, 136 billion. All right. So do some market cap research. Just Google that. Figure out how big it is um, in the US or in, in whatever area you're in. And um, it's a really good opportunity there. So one thing that we do as kind of like a value for working with us is we don't work with competitors, which is going to be like a, probably a whole other podcast podcast episode. But if we have a landscaping or a lawn care business in a specific area, we won't work with one of their competitors. That's just a thing we do. And we have, we have competitors who, who don't have that clause who will work with as many landscaping businesses in the area as possible. And um, in one of our previous episodes about competition is some people probably don't like that. So they want to have exclusivity with a specific agency and especially with an agency of our caliber. Uh, that's a huge benefit. So um, one thing that Cody and I have to consider is our market cap isn't the market cap of the U.S. It's how many, how many companies or landscaping companies can we fit in the U.S. that don't compete with each other? And there's like we could probably get like six per state and then that's it. We pretty much have the whole area. We have other clauses in there. Like if we work with franchise locations, um, they're void of that. So for with a franchisee from like a larger lawn care franchise, uh, we can work with competition uh, of like local businesses. But um, if you don't have that clause, great. Market cap is your number. If you do have that clause, uh, we've been successful on like $147 billion market cap industry with doing no competition. So this was this was like the main one I was concerned about when the guy yesterday asked told me asked me about sleep clinics because I was like I've never been to one never seen one never heard of one I have no idea how many there are out there mm-hmm. so um, that was one thing I wanted him to research so how many businesses are in your niche all right what's yours tell me yours um this is the first one I wrote down which feels like the most obvious and it's the same thing that I tell college students now when they say i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life and i know I say, what this is what, what do you like <laughs> what's <laughs> my you know that's my sixth one it's 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 so stupid but this this really is i think the number one determining factor when if you just pick a niche because it's going to work on paper right you listen to everything else that we say everything else here we're like oh you've proven that it's you know financially viable you've proven that there's competition it seems like a good idea and you just don't care. You don't know it. You don't know anything about it. And you have no interest in it. It's not going to work. You, It's the easiest thing to just go into something and you don't have to be an expert in it. You can just be, you know, slightly familiar and interested and want to know more. But it, the easiest thing that you can do is just go with something that you have some sort of connection in, right? And okay, so I'm just going to roll into the second one that goes with it. And it's, uh, let's say you don't, you aren't an expert in one particular thing. That's going to work well as a marketing niche. What connections do you have that will give you an opportunity in a niche? Like what do you have family? Do you have friends? Do you have professional connections in your network with some sort of yeah. niche that will give you an opportunity to give you a shot? So in that good. 
this is why I suggested gyms to the other guy, um, uh, Marcus, is is because his sensei or whatever whatever he wants to call his his uh, martial arts dude um, mm. teacher suggested he go into like social media marketing because like he gets a lot of his clients from social media. And I'm like, well, if you've got a connection with like your instructor on like running that for free, like maybe gyms is the first thing you do go into. So yeah, sorry. I wanted to interject there. Yeah. So, I mean, the list, the list is nearly infinite, right? I mean, and don't, don't let us tell you that something isn't financially viable if you're able to figure out a way to make it. So, so reach out to your network, the list, it goes on, right? You've got, if you're looking at local services, you have electricians, dentists, HVAC roofers, landscapers. <laughs> Look uh, at you. You're going to the exact same industries that I was mentioning at the beginning of this podcast because your mind, know, but, your mind defaults to it. <laughs> keep keep going. Let's let's just throw out others so that people hear them. Um, um, okay. Um, restaurants. And then even yeah. nichier than that, fast food restaurants, um, high-class restaurants. There are uh, automotive... Um, Music lessons, uh, yeah. So uh, art, automotive is huge. Yeah, I would say automotive, but also automotive repair. That's even mm-hmm. that's. I would say like that's probably the next niche I would go into besides automotive because automotive sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there are brick and mortar stores, like uh, actual stores um, that sell actual products. There's e-commerce. and these are all these are brick and mortar. Say, yeah, say it's there's, not, let's go to e-commerce. You yeah. have, uh, you, when you have e-commerce, which is niche, but you can do clothing e-commerce. You can do beauty e-commerce. You mm-hmm. can, you know, like yeah. you can pick yeah, that's, that's a really good point too. Yeah. I always like, I always do like when I'm not thinking of local businesses, I think of manufacturing, but there's other manufacturing. So like, um, I used to work at a company called Hamel scale, who was a distributor for Mettler Toledo, which is a manufacturer of, um, weighing devices for, like in, in industrial laboratory and like agriculture outfits and just the market cap on that is like in the trillions. So mm-hmm. you could literally, your niche could literally be marketing for distributors of weighing equipment. <laughs> like, like yeah. I, like seriously, like when I left Hamel scale, I, I was considering doing that. And like, I was considering like starting a company called gravity marketing because gravity is a pun on weighing and and like doing this for distributors because distributorship in the weighing industry is huge like Mm -hmm. you have like huge players in the game you have metler toledo you have rice lake you have cardinal scales uh you have like weightronics and every single one of those huge manufacturers that do over a billion in revenue uh have distributors all across the united states and the country or in the world and you could literally just do that <laughs> and distribution's huge right yeah. i mean that's that's one by itself um, so and but like you would you would have never thought of the niche that i just said because i had a connection yeah. to it mm-hmm. and so yeah literally think about what people are doing and like what like who does their business serve and then mm-hmm. think about how big that is yeah and if you if you literally have no thoughts you're thinking you're hearing all this and you're like i don't know i don't get it i still have nothing just go tell somebody just whoever you have in your life and say i want to do this but i don't have a connection or whatever just keep saying that and somebody will say well i know a guy i know you know i know this woman who runs she's a she runs a salon blah blah blah, right like you'll find something and then that's how you can get a start and then just go from there but that's I think that's more important than any of the other things. Other things are important. I'm not going to say they're not. They are very important, but they're all predicated on the part where you have to care and want to do it and know either know a little bit about it, that it gets you motivated or, you know, gets you in the door so that you can grow into it. But those are, they're like combined. So I had to like put them both together and now I'm all done. So I'm just going to go off of you (laughs) and everything else you say from now on. (laughs) Okay. So I want to say that we've covered like the main ones. Like these are the ones that are determining factors of whether you should even consider it or not. Um, the next ones that I have are not main ones. It's more of going to be like um, things to consider when you decide to do this um, because it's going to, it's going to dictate like how you communicate with the clients, like where you get in front of them and um, kind of what the churn rate of that industry is, um, which I'll go into now since I mentioned it. It is uh, actually, there's two of them. We're going to bundle them together. What kind of entry barrier do these business owners face? And when you have a niche like dentistry, for instance, there's a pretty heavy barrier in front of that. There's like eight years of schooling and, and then there's like, I don't know what, like, 
four years of dental hygienistry or, or residency. I don't know what they call it, but uh, there's a lot of barriers in to owning your own dental practice and even like your own law practice. So new law firms aren't going to spin up as quickly as new lawn care businesses because mm-hmm. new lawn care businesses are going to literally spin up overnight. Um, someone's going to have, someone's going to have their, uh, 1999 Ford Windstar and a craftsman push mower they got from Walmart and boom, they got a business. And, um, if you offer a product that is, is affordable and valuable for that person, you have a never ending revolving door of clients of client opportunity at the bottom level. We have a client who only serves million dollar companies. That's it. They only serve million dollar. Did I say client competitor? We have a, we, we have a competitor that only serves million dollar lawn care, lawn care landscaping companies. That's great. Like that's their niche that works for them. That's their business model. The churn rate for companies going from 900,000 to a million is a lot slower than companies going from, uh, $40,000 to a hundred thousand dollars, which is kind of where we're at on our limit. And, um, why that's important is because if we lose a client, there's a thousand more to pick up. Um, where if they lose a client, there's a lot less to pick up. Uh, to replace them. So same thing with like industries like this that are, that are big, that have high barriers. Um, but industries that have high barriers are also very lucrative. So where we charge 500 to seven or 750 a month at our base, at our base price, if we were in like the, the, the lawyer industry or the litigation industry, I, I bet, I bet our base rate per month would be like five grand a month. Um, oh yeah. Like at, at least the amount um, that they have to spend on a click is insane. Yeah. hundred bucks a click. Like our management no fee is going to be high because we're going to avoid as many mistakes as possible. <laughs> uh, yep. So, and, and you got to be that much more knowledgeable in that because, you know, one click is a difference between zero and a hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. um, things to think about, again, that shouldn't dictate the barrier shouldn't dictate whether you choose that niche or not. What it should dictate is um, what you need to know about that niche and how you're going to retain clients and get new ones. The next one I had was, uh, I don't know where it went, but it was, uh, I had it written down, but it's not here. So I'm just going to say it. Um, what kind of challenges do the businesses face in your niche? And um, I, I thought about this one because of the automotive world when you and I worked at MUD. Because a lot of the challenges that the, biz- the automotive dealers face is that they get a lot of their marketing funds uh, co-opt or, um, or they have to go through compliance with the manufacturer. So if you're a Ford dealer, you have to... Um, if you if you pay for marketing like an ad or something like that, it, and it's on new cars, it has to be in compliance. It, so Cadillac actually, I think, is the only is one of the only ones where it's like they don't get funding for the marketing, but their ads have to match Cadillac branding. Or like Ford and and Chevy and some of like the lower tier models or, or brands, you don't have to match the branding uh, like Ford and Chevy's branding. But in order to get marketing funds um, as like a rebate from the manufacturer you have to match their branding and you have to submit those ads and those assets to the manufacturer for compliance checks before you can run anything and then oftentimes digital agencies um your your last agency was one i believe for john deere yeah i mean i wasn't really involved but i know that there was something there but um john deere's not automotive but it's you know similar um where only specific agencies can get approved by the manufacturer to be kind of like that preferred vendor and have those marketing funds comped for the dealer. So if you're not a preferred vendor, it's really hard to get your foot in the door because usually that dealer is going to be like, no, like I want my marketing to be, you know, quote free from my manufacturer. I want them to pay me back. So I've got to use this agency. That's a challenge in that, in that industry. And when you think about like the medical industry, uh, do you know anything about HIPAA compliance? Cause I don't. <laughs> and, right. and do your ads have to, is there like, do you have to abide by certain HIPAA compliance things? Do you have to have disclaimers on all your ads? Like, I, I don't know. These are things that you got to research. Yep. Okay, great. We're making our way through these. Um, <laughs> uh, I had, um, do, or uh, is, is there a community of these businesses? Do these businesses congregate in specific areas, both online and physical? So if there are like, expos that uh, a lot of these businesses will go to um to just see what's new so like the automotive world has nada it's in vegas every year then um the landscaping industry has equip expo that's in louisville kentucky every year and they have like a ton of other smaller expos 
uh, where uh, you can get a booth uh, or you can just go and, and just meet people. Those are the physical locations. Then there are like online communities. So landscaping has lawn site. The restaurant industry has their own. I know I've explored that a little bit. And then you can always check Reddit. There's often just a subreddit for whatever it is. It's very normal. <laughs> I stay away from Reddit because I don't like anybody on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but you could you could if you're a redditor you could do that i'm not i get i get picked on on reddit um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you never you just never comment all you do is lurk and it's fine yeah uh well it's not really helpful if you're like trying to promote a business and like you can't comment <laughs> or else you get ripped that's apart true. that's a problem uh if you crack the reddit code let me know <laughs> uh but uh, yeah, there's Facebook groups, there's LinkedIn groups. Um, my experience with LinkedIn groups, it's usually full of people like just soliciting their services to that industry. Facebook is a little different. Facebook usually has a lot of groups made by those business owners in that industry. Um, but there's a lot of rules about no solicitation, so you got to be very careful. Uh, I did notice a cheat code though. Uh, in um, <clears throat> so there's two cheat codes. <laughs> one is you can share articles to publications of that industry, like links, and no one will flag it. So. If let's just say it's an article that you wrote in that magazine uh, <laughs> and references your company, uh, it'll it'll go right under the radar and um, it'll get published. The other thing too is um, nested com- nested links and comments don't get flagged either. So if you comment on a post with a link, it gets flagged um, usually by like automation, and then it has to go through an approval process. But if that comment was nested on another comment, it won't. So I'm telling everybody my secret here. So in a lot of these marketing groups, when I promote the podcast, I always say, hey, I have a podcast. It does this, it covers this and this and this. And then I don't link it. And so people's natural reaction is, what's the podcast? (laughs) And then when they reply to that, I can then reply and nest the comment and say, here's a link to the website. And it it goes undetected every time. Um, But at the same time, it's not like I'm being shady. I'm not selling you anything except for knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs> Knowledge. I'm here in my garage, my Lamborghinis. <laughs> you with my Lambo. Anyways, cheat codes. Cheat codes for groups. Um That's good. so um are there communities? Do they congregate? So like um you know, I asked um Vic, I think it was his name last night about the the sleep centers. I was like, Hey, I don't know of any sleep center communities, but then he found one. He's like, Yeah, there's a pulmonary one. And I was like, I I don't know anything medical. I would have never I would have never correlated the two. I think, uh, but also, so let's say, because uh, sometimes if you're if you're brand new and you're worried about expenses and costs and stuff, and you know they've got a these physical expos and stuff, and they're far, and you're worried about travel costs and accommodations and that sort of thing. I mean, well, one the the online groups can be a cheap alternative to that, right? Because they often don't cost money. But two, um, just local meetups. If if you're if you decide that your niche is just local then there's always local business meetups pretty much everywhere that you go. I mean, one, they have a chamber of commerce, but two, they'll also like, if you just go to meetup.com, they'll often just have a, you know, some sort of businessy meetup where people get together for coffee in the morning and all you have to do is show up. Right. So it can be, it can be cheap and in, in, or no cost. It can be free. Uh, so very cost effective. And also um, if it is in person, then uh, I feel like in general, um, you, you get the opportunity to talk to somebody like that, then uh, it's it's just a completely different vibe, I guess. I run into this a decent amount because I'm not the new acquisition guy. Nine times out of 10, people say, hey, you run a business. I'm like, talk to Jake. Don't talk to me. Like, I'm, I'm the operations dude. Like, I'm not the guy that you want to talk to because I get uncomfortable and don't really know how to handle the sales stuff. <laughs> how many meetings do you think we get into with vendors who think that you're the CEO? Because uh, I feel... Uh, we, okay, so right before this podcast episode, we were on a call with our Google rep and like... We got on a call and like you did all the talking. I just sat there with my backwards <laughs> cap on, slouched over in my chair. And like I guarantee you she was like, This guy, this guy runs the business. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. But I do always tell I tell them. And and then when it is like a one off though, it, it I think every time that it's one that I'm pretty much involved from the beginning, it's because it's a one off where I met somebody in person. And I told them at first too, I'm like, Hey, look, I don't know if this will be a great fit. And they're like, yeah, I don't really care. I just like you and how you work. So I'd like to see if we can work something out. And I say, okay, then in that case, we'll start from zero with me involved. But you know, most of the time, Mm -hmm. um, I I would much prefer if you just talk to Jake because he's the guy who's very good at this sort of thing. So, um, I bring that up because it is, it's a different vibe. Um, and if you're, if you haven't done it, you're not used to it, then 
um, it's going to be different. Like cold leads online are a different thing from uh, in-person connections and building relationships that way. And I think I think you say talk to Jake because you always say no to everything right away. You're like, nope, I don't want to deal with it. But I don't. And if I do say no, you're like, yep, full stop. No, we're not doing it. <laughs> like if, if Jake's <laughs> going to say no, this is a bad idea. <laughs> uh but yeah and and on the meetup thing too like um the the actual events um at the time of uh taping this we this episode we we've never been to one um we've only stuck to online engagements yeah i'm sorry i did hear that that changes but yeah 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 yep and but keep in mind how much money we made first before getting to that point too right so don't don't make yourself don't be like oh i have to do this in order to get acquisition because this is pivotal it's like well you know, we made it all the way this far without ever doing that so um, I, yeah we yeah. it's funny how that word taping is just like antiquated now because it's, it's related to like actual like tape like tape like the tape recorder made from tape <laughs> oh so yeah you know, yeah yeah you know what bothers me um there's a new generation of kids who don't know why we say hang up the phone wait for real yeah so because they hang up yeah okay think about it though no one actually hangs up the phone anymore we just push a button oh so, so what like, do they say just well, they still and say the they still say hang up, but like, it's just a phrase, you know. Oh, like, they just yeah, it's just like yeah. Why do we say this? Where does it come from? I'm like, oh. But when you tell me like, hey, where does the where does the word like hang up the phone come from, or where does the phrase like that come from? I'm like, oh yeah, you used to like hang it up on the dial, like like literally right, hang right, it. Right, right. But then it's like people were like, what? <laughs> like I don't <laughs> like this. I hate this. I've, have you heard? I don't know if you've read any of these articles too. I find them interesting though, where everybody's saying how the next generation is so good with technology until they actually get into the workforce. And then they don't realize very simple things like uh, file organizational structure on a computer because every tech piece of technology, you know, that they've had has just been, it's not something you have to organize or navigate. It's, it's all user navigation, but there's not, I need to organize my files in this particular way or install this place in this, this folder like they don't understand the layout of how the systems work. They just know how to oh. get around them. No, that's so they're saying that, yeah, the new generation will need like training similar to the way that uh, the older generation does. We don't need it because we grew up with it. Like when we, I remember just like right clicking and be like new folder. <laughs> Neat. You know, like <laughs> I, I remember doing that and, or just like scribbling and, and paint and being like, save what's a file name and that sort of stuff. But they've never had to really do that. It's all just automatic, especially when it comes to mobile devices. So, yeah, I don't Inter- know. We'll, we'll see if it becomes an issue for us later on, but I find it interesting. Well, I've, I have found out that we've had to teach people how to write emails. That was weird. Yeah, it was weird, but I guess it wasn't surprising because I was also one of those people who was like, I don't get it, but <laughs> how do I do this? <laughs> uh all right. You got more? Yeah, I have I have one more. Um, so community business. Well, okay. The last one is if there isn't a community of the businesses that you can find, like if you like for instance, the medical field. Medical field doesn't seem to have a ton of communities, mostly because they're like usually locked down behind paywalls and like actual accreditation uh you know barriers then um what kind of content do they do they consume are there uh, youtubes or youtube videos youtubes sound like an old person there you know the youtube yeah are there youtube videos <laughs> are there podcasts are there forums are there not forums um we just covered that um is there are there like uh publications and magazines you can get into so when i was looking up the sleep center stuff uh the first thing i noticed was publications publications like crazy sleep magazine and and it was like literally dedicated towards like people who own sleep clinics sounds kind of fun yeah what's the sleep clinic industry like a sleep magazine like, oh yeah what am i gonna learn there yeah like from a business how to sleep yeah and some okay. of the articles were cool too it was like how to like you know increase client acquisition to your sleep center and i was like this is neat oh it's not something i would have thought of um but uh yeah think about what kind of content they they, they consume and you know our primary acquisition channel is usually groups, um, usually groups and just being involved in the community. The secondary acquisition channels are, are going to be like, you know, actually, I'm going to take that back. Our primary acquisition channel is SEO. Um, but right. if you're not as great as SEO on SEO, like let's say you're a social media marketer, for instance, 
then your primary acquisition channel would likely be our second acquisition channel, which is groups and community engagement. Um, it always makes sense that your primary number one acquisition channel is the thing that you're best at. Yes. Right? I mean, <laughs> I've got that, a... that would fundamentally make sense that the way that you get clients is the same thing that you do for them. Exactly. So. Except, you know, nobody does that now. You know, everyone's always like, I think, I think LinkedIn is like the big one now. People are like, oh, LinkedIn cold outreach with LinkedIn sales navigator. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Um, I, yeah. Why? Yeah. If you want one client at every thousand messages you send, I guess. But like, just who? Next time I get a LinkedIn message, I'm gonna I'm gonna respond positively, just as if whatever they were giving me was exactly oh, what I needed at that. Throw time. them through a loop. Yeah, because I get it all the time, and I just when I say nothing, you know, I never <laughs> respond. But if I do, I'm just like, no thanks. But I, now I'm gonna be like, you know what? Thank you, Sam. This is exactly what I needed at this exact moment in my life. I am so glad that you sent me this email and I or message and I have no idea who you are. I, I did, Please tell me how I can give you a thousand dollars right now. I did respond positively to one because he was like, Hey, have you ever considered trademarking your business name? And I was like, actually, yes, I have. Um, but I haven't taken action on it. I'll keep you in mind. Um, oh. yeah, I was like, yeah, we actually like got me there, but like, um, he didn't because I didn't buy anything. But usually when people solicit to me, I've posted this on my Facebook too. People solicit to me. Like the first thing I say is, Hey, Nice offer. If you're looking to grow your agency like we grew ours, here's a link to our podcast. <laughs> like people are just like, wait, what? <laughs> you did the switcheroo. And imagine like the the white guy blinking meme, which is like, oh, <laughs> uh, no. But that was my last one. Really, is what kind of content people consume um, in your industry. And um, if you can't find any groups, you can't find the content they consume. Um, maybe you should consider a different niche, <laughs> or you don't know how to like. You know, a good one is um, the the weights uh, dis- the distribution centers mm-hmm. or distributors for the uh, weighing and measurement manufacturers. Um, I worked in the industry for four years, and I don't know of a publication they subscribe to. Maybe besides like you know general contracting and manufacturing, um, like I don't know of a specific weights and measures one. Uh, and then I also don't know. <laughs> what forums they're on like i have no idea but i know the industry and the amount of uh, distributors out there is just massive so but i know also know how to get in contact with them too um and so maybe you don't have content you you can't find the contact they consume maybe you can't find a forum or a group that they congregate but you know how to you know you know how to reach out to them because you have a personal connection to this industry as we mentioned earlier in the episode all these are viable don't take all of everything we say to heart a lot of these questions that we're 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 suggesting are things to just get you thinking about your niche in a way that you maybe you weren't thinking about it before maybe you you just stuck to like contractors or local service businesses like we do but there's so much more out there and yeah that's real yeah that's all and and no one understand that but this is going to take a long time especially if you're doing right doing it right doing it well that this will take years and it should because you don't get to just come in and say, I'm going to market for these people who I'm not connected with at all. That's that's one of the benefits of going with what you know is you probably have those connections. You can contact those people and that sort of thing. Like you you can cut down on years if you're already networked in, in that group as yep. opposed to saying, okay, I'm going to go for this thing. I have no idea what's going on with it, but I'm going to go become an expert. If you do that though, um, I, I do this all the time and people... When I tell people, they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, I did. I do. I So uh, you can because that's what I do. If if I want to know something for which I know nothing, I will just go find the person who knows about it and bug them and say, hey, you're really cool. Will you tell me about the stuff that you know? So I would, I would find out, one, find their email, ideally, right? Because that's the world in that we're in. You're, that's the world that we're in now is it's primarily starting with email. So that's where I would start. But then if I don't get a response, like I will try to call, maybe not them directly, but like their assistant or something and say, hey, I sent them an email. Um, I'm serious about this. I'm not trying to be a weirdo spammer. Like I, I genuinely would like to talk to them and learn about the things that they know. Like when when you are nice and you, you're well-intended and you just want to do good things in that way um, and those other people are also well-intended and they understand that, you know, you're not trying to waste their time or just annoy them, but you're genuinely curious. Um, they help you, right? So 
if you're if you are curious and you want to get into something, just go find that person who will give you the opportunity and that chance. We've talked about this before, even with um, like employees and stuff like I don't care what experience and stuff people have, because I basically when I started, I said I was like, I'll sleep here. Right. I, mean, I can't remember if I exactly said that, but um, the equivalent of it. Right. Like I will make this my life. Um, and if you come with that kind of energy to an industry that you aren't familiar with or one that you, especially if the one that you are, then you're absolutely going to crush it. So do that. I recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I, I did. I had um, um, a little more to say to that. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was um, because it was such a great speech that you gave. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a billion niches out there. If you aren't creative with how you you pick it, I mean, you're going to get into a niche that already has a ton of competition in it, and you might not even like it. So just stick to the niches that you uh, you enjoy. Man, I had something great to say, and I lost it. This is I, my Killed ADD. It. Yeah, my bad. My ADD got to me. One eternity later. Got it. Came back to me. Well, um, um, when, when we picked our niche, for instance, like we, uh, we didn't have, um, any stake in the, in the landscape, landscaping and, and lawn care industry at all. We had to build it from nothing. So yeah, it took us a couple of years. It took me a year and a half just to get recognized of who Evergrow Marketing even was like a blip on the radar. Mm-hmm. And that, a year and a half later, Cody joined in 2019 and I had just gotten it to a very, very small snowball, which was convenient for him. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm like the guy who comes in at that, like when you're done moving, <laughs> they, they show up, they move like one box and they're like, all right, you, I think, I feel like you, <laughs> you came in, we'd already packed the truck up. We already pulled up to the new place and then Where's you're the like, you're like, you're like ready to unload, but I'll take a break with you guys. <laughs> and, and, uh, but no, so that's why I always say like, it depends on when you ask and when we started, because I started a year and a half before Cordy joined, but I didn't have any clients. Um, it was just me like building in the niche of who I was and whatever girl was. Hmm. And, um, and you did pick it though. Cause we've had people ask too. They're like, why'd you, people ask me, they're like, why'd you pick it? I'm like, I said, I none of your damn business. <laughs> Uh, like Jake did yeah. and I can do any local lead gen. So I'm cool with it. Uh, and then later on you realize that I realized that uh, I was like, hey, these guys are pretty cool. I like, uh, them. I'm sure the question will come up, but the, the short answer is, is, is when we worked at mud, I was, I was the account executive for the agriculture division. And I dealt with the, like the John Deere implements of, um, like marketing clients. And so when I moved to Kansas city, um, I had always wanted to start a lawn care business with my dad. We never did. I went to the marketing world and then I was looking for lawn care services and landscaping services and i noticed that like none of them had their google business profile claimed and this was back when like google told you if it wasn't it was or wasn't claimed and um i was like this is i can get into this and do this for people like they're missing out on huge opportunities um and i also kind of had like a somewhat background to it and um boom there you have it evergreen marketing five years later wow. half a million <laughs> so well uh, that's all i had cool all Long right one today. Huh? it was that's what she said <sighs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening again. We'll see you next time. See you.